0: Pastor's in a series that he has called Summer of Soul, and uh, I I love it, and I tried to find a, a sermon that would just be just perfect, just right in alignment with, but the Holy Spirit just kept drawing me back to a particular theme for this morning's service And i'm like well that's not necessarily summer of soul but as i begin to prepare for today a little bit deeper i begin to see some insight into what god wanted to do to link a a topic that i want to talk about today back to the theme that pastor is in and others right now speaking on the summer of soul our soul is a very interesting thing i enjoyed listening online to pastor's uh, introductory message to this series It is a very interesting thing when you think about our soul. We are triune made just like our God is triune. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We are mind, body, and soul people. And uh, it's an interesting thing. If you really want to live a good life, the very best life, you've got to get all three of those in healthy alignment. And that's not easily done sometimes. Uh, Because we can be when you get physically out of alignment that can affect you both in your spiritual side of your life as well as your emotional side of your life. If you're emotionally out of alignment I can assure you that it will affect you both spiritually and physically as well. And when you're spiritually out of alignment when your soul. Is not well nourished when your soul is not fulfilled when your soul is not getting its regular exercise when your soul is not getting its regular nourishment you're going to find that your life will never completely come together and can I tell you today there's people in this world who are doing their best to stay mentally and emotionally healthy and we should That's a very big struggle today uh, we're seeing it from students children students all the way through uh, Our our senior adults. We're seeing more struggles with depression anxiety fear uncertainty in our world today You've got to stay emotionally healthy do everything you can to stay emotionally healthy. We encourage that we need to stay physically healthy We're on one of those journeys I woke up the first of this year and realized I had picked up a bunch of extra weight and that I wanted to live long enough to Enjoy my two grandsons a lot longer than I would if I kept carrying all that around so I've dropped 60 pounds since It's February and starting an exercise regimen and I'm trying really hard, you know. (laughs) Thank you. I need all the encouragement I can get. (laughs) My wife says, ask him about it. He'll tell you everything he eats doesn't eat. Well, I'm just excited. I've accomplished it. One of my goals anyway. But we need to stay physically healthy. I mean, it helps you feel better. I feel better about life. But then there's that soul inside of me. And there's that soul inside of you. It's got to stay healthy, too. And I want to talk to you today about a subject that applies to the soul. And it's the subject of grace. The subject of grace. I'm going to be honest with you. In the church world, this subject has been extremed. Most of the time when you hear it talk about uh, when you either you hear it talked about a little too liberally and that God is just a god of grace and therefore nothing matters to him, just do whatever you want to do and it'll be all right in the end. Well, that's not necessarily true and then the other side of it is we don't talk enough about grace and we try to live by a rigid set of guidelines and rules that nobody really can follow within their self and there's no mercy and there's no grace and all we become as critics of everyone and everything that's two extremes that we don't need to live in but there's a place in the middle where we need to understand the grace of God and how it applies to our soul and to our life and to our spirit man And I was thinking about this. It, it, it struck me in thinking about today. Everything, when you start talking about God and the soul and how we, he breathed into that man form that he did out of the clay there. He took the dust of the earth and he made a, a mortar type clay, the scripture tells us, and he breathed into that form the breath of life and man became a living soul pastor touched on this in the first part of the introductory uh, uh, introduction sermon for this series and we're the only thing on this planet that is a living soul now i believe my dogs are going to heaven i don't know about yours yours are mean but mine are precious all right my little four pound yorkie that'll greet me when i get home this afternoon and sit right here on my chest and stare in my face for 20 minutes after i get in my recliner this afternoon she's got to go to heaven uh However, reality is humans are the only thing with living souls. We're the only thing God created that he breathed his breath into and made a living soul. Therefore, when we start talking about God and his soulish work inside of all of us and how we relate to God through our spirit, man, and our soul, it becomes supernatural. And that's where we lose some people. Everybody wants to be able to see the tangible you know, I, in, in spite of my weight loss, I'm dealing with back problems. That's one of the reasons we were running a little late this morning because I was just really running slow this morning. I don't have to think about oh I wonder what's going on in my life no it pronounces itself very clearly my back is killing me and I know why it's my L4 and L5 have shifted and the doctor can tell me exactly what's wrong and he can fix it and and the chiropractor pops me and jerks me and gets me back in alignment and it just all makes sense you can look at an x-ray you can see it you can understand it but when we deal with the soul We don't always have a really clear picture of everything going on and we and it gets over into this realm where it's not just natural it's not just when I'm hungry I know what to do I head to the buffet man I know what to do I know to eat something I go somewhere to get a snack I understand those things make more sense to me they're easily they're more easily assessed and more easily addressed but when it comes to our soul Spiritual things that get supernatural beyond the natural And that's where everybody thinks the Twilight Zone music starts playing, but it doesn't have to get weird all supernatural is not weird Because how many of you understand God is supernatural today? (laughs) Amen And to believe that there is a God we have to believe in the supernatural So as we're talking about the soul and our care for it We've got to ask God to do more than just natural things in our midst To really benefit from everything that God intended our soul person to be inside of us, we need supernatural encounters with God. Amen? I'm going to talk to you today about, I think, one of the most supernatural things that I know of, and it's the subject of grace. It's so beyond the natural. Grace from God Almighty. Now, I'm a little bit old school simply because I'm old. (laughs) not that i prefer one school over the other but most of the scriptures that i memorized and learned as a child and through my early ministry were in the old original king james version and sometimes i just read from them because they flow easier but you can read this out of any version you want to read it the notes are available through the app today so boy i got to stay with my notes i said i told my wife i said look all my notes are already in the app i can't run rabbits today so you're going to know if i'm staying on track or not but paul wrote to the corinthian church in 2 corinthians chapter 12 verse 7 some really interesting things about grace, and I want you to listen to it. Verse 7, 2 Corinthians 12. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, or three times, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace, everybody say grace, say it with me, grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Most gladly therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and in necessities and in persecutions and in distress. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. So we see the Apostle Paul the Apostle Paul. I'm not just talking about Tommy. I'm talking about a guy who we read the scriptures that he wrote. We're talking about the, one of the greatest iconic figures in the Christian faith. The Apostle Paul says, Here's the deal I've been begging God over and over and over. King James three times, but what he's saying is over and over and over. God, take away this thorn in my flesh. We've heard a lot of discussion about it. What is it? Was it a physical infirmity? Was it a a continued uh, problem that he had with temptation of some type? Was it an emotional problem? We don't really know. We just know it was a nagging thing that he said, the devil just beats me up with it, buffets me all the time. I'm going through this deal. I'm in a constant battle. I mean, you think about the apostle Paul. I see him as a rugged guy. I see him as somebody who, you know, one time he was a Christian killer. I don't see him as this guy that's talking about all of his problems all the time. I see him as this great victorious guy. But here he confesses, I've got an ongoing battle in my life. So bad that I begged God and begged God and begged God to stop this battle in my life. And God has not stopped the battle. And it goes on. And it's like Satan beats me up every day with this same thing over and over and over and over. And I'm in this seem-to-be-unwinnable war war with the devil and it's fighting inside of my life all the time and he said and when I asked God to take it away God said I'm not going to take it away but I'm going to give you grace to deal with what you've got to deal with we prefer God's miraculous supernatural interventions where he takes every bad thing away in our life and he has done that before and he still does that amen so don't rule that out however when he doesn't it doesn't mean that he's not god anymore because he said i will give you the grace sufficient grace to make it through whatever you have to go through in your life paul i'm not going to fix it i'm not going to take it away i'm not going to give you a flower bed of ease to just live in a wonderful happy life all the time there's some stuff you got to go through and then paul resolves himself to the fact that you know what if so then i'm going to be happy Even if I'm suffering, even if I'm going through persecution, even if I'm going through difficulty, because as I walk through those difficulties, then God can be glorified in my life that even in difficult places I still can walk with him, still can glorify him, and still can bring attention to how good he is even though everything is not perfect in my life. So therefore, I'm willing to accept that I'm weak, but I'm going to let him be strong in his grace in my life and that's going to help me get through every situation. Now, if what we had to offer in quote-unquote religion was to say to people, if you'll just simply join our church, everything in your life will be perfect from that point forward. We couldn't get them all in here, okay? Multiple times a day because wouldn't everybody like to sign up for that club, the fix-it-all-in-life club? Being a Christian doesn't fix it all in our life, but it points us toward the supernatural grace of God that helps us put our soul in the right perspective to deal with all the other physical and emotional life issues that we all have to go through. But we've got to anchor it out of that soul, understanding who our God is and His grace in our life. Let me give you just a few perspectives of grace today. You see, grace is a theme throughout the scripture. You'll find it in the Word of God from the beginning to the end. If you go into the Old Testament, you'll see Noah. And you'll, I won't read all of these to you today, but you could go to Genesis chapter 6 and you'll find this uh, part of the story of Noah in verse number 8. It said, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So grace appears as early as way, 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 way back where God said, here's a man and his family that I'm going to show grace to Although the rest of the world has turned wicked and I'll destroy it with a flood. And out of it comes our story of Noah and the ark through the grace of God. You go a little bit further and there's a man named Lot. And many of us know him in connection with Sodom and Gomorrah and the destruction that came there. But Lot and his family was saved. And uh, Genesis 19, 19 said, Behold now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight. And thou hast magnified thy mercy which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. Lot recognizes the grace and mercy of God that was extended to him. Now this is before Jesus ever came before he ever knew God loved him enough to give his only son to save him. None of that. All we had was just simply the knowledge of God at this point. We're still in this age of conscience. We're just out in, in history, past the creation, into the fall, and the flood, and then and all, we're, we're very early on here in the, uh, man's dealing with God and God's dealing with man. However, even in these early, early centuries, we see grace popping its head up. When you talk about God and how he's dealing with man, there's grace, grace, grace coming into these equations. Then you find the great man Moses in the book of Exodus. And Moses has a great conversation with God. We won't take the time to read it today, but he has a conversation with God in Exodus 33. And he basically is saying, okay, God, you brought us out here into this wilderness and you said you would give us grace and you said you would take us somewhere. And in Exodus chapter 33, verse number uh, let me jump down into verse 12, I think. Let, uh, uh, Yet thou hast said, I know you by name. <laughs> Moses looked at God and said, God, you said you knew my name. He's referring to a previous conversation he'd had with God. God, you said you knew my name and that I had found grace in your sight. He's now saying, okay, God, if that's true... I pray that you, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now thy way that I may know that I have found grace in thy sight. And then verse 16, For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? He said, Are you really going with us, God? God, did you really mean that you knew my name? And that I had found grace in your sight Moses is having this kind of conversation with God I'd like to stand here and tell you that in my experience of walking with God There's never been a time when I didn't have to go back and say God. I remember what you said in your word I remember what you spoke to my spirit. I remember what pastor preached last Sunday, but did you really mean that? Did you really mean that you know my name? That's what Moses is saying. I'm in a mess now, God. This isn't fun. We were, on the, we were coming out of bondage. Everything looked great. Now we're out here in this difficult situation. The people are murmuring. Things aren't going like I'd planned. So God, did you really mean what you said to me, that you knew my name and that I'd found grace in your sight? In verse 17, and the Lord said unto Moses. The supernatural voice of God now speaks back. And he said, I will do the thing that I've spoken to you because you have found grace in my sight and I do know your name. Wow. I don't know about you, but that is really amazing to me. That the God that spoke this universe into existence, the God that keeps Mars from running into Jupiter every day, the God that's got this whole thing and now the new telescopes exploring new vast portions of the galaxies far beyond our universe that we would ever know anything about. What is that? It's the expansive eternal kingdom of God that one day you and I, I believe, will get to experience in its fullest and we don't have time to go there today. Amen? I'll let your imagination run with what that might look like. I don't think it's George Jetson, but I'm telling you, dated myself, didn't I? Some of you, who's that? Well, anyway, those of us old enough to remember the Jetsons, we're, there's four of us in the room. But anyway, I don't know what it looks like to live and experience the full expanses of all of God's creation, but we will in the new heaven and the new earth one day. That's the ultimate end and goal. But all I can tell you is this. The God that keeps all that running, the God that made everything that is, that God knows my name. Mm. And he has promised grace help me in my time of trouble. So the Old Testament, we could stand here for hours and talk about Old Testament examples of grace. But then we jump to the New Testament. When we get to the New Testament, Jesus comes on the scene. When Jesus comes on the scene, he not only talks about God's grace, but he manifests God's grace. He literally personalizes it, personifies it, puts it in a way where we can see grace now in a more tangible way than we've ever seen it before. John 1, 14 and 17 says this, the book of St. John, and, and the word was made flesh and dwelled among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and grace and truth. And John bare witness of him and cried saying this was the one who, of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me and he was before me and of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Wow. So now Jesus has come. Moses knew about grace. God said I know your name and I'm going to give you grace. He experienced it. Lot understood it. He experienced it. We see it in many cases, as we said, even Noah experienced it. But now Jesus has come, and now he's exemplifying this and manifesting this at a newer level in the New Testament. Paul writing the church in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1, 4 said, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. So Jesus comes now and is this manifestation and personification of the grace of Almighty God in this earth. Grace appears 130 times in the New Testament. Amen? 130 times. So it must be a pretty important subject to God. His grace manifests to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. What is grace? Grace is simply this the unmerited favor of God. The unmerited favor of God. You see, we all think that everything in life is on a merit based system. You probably work in a place where if you do really good, you benefit from it. I hope you do anyway. <laughs> some of you say, no, I do good and don't benefit from it. Well, maybe the Lord's going to open something better for you one day. But anyway, usually if you do well, you, you get a benefit from that. We start our children out like that. Oh, if you want to go to the park, you better be good. you got to earn it. Follow me? There's nothing wrong with that. That's good. They, that, that all works in some aspects. But let me just tell you today, there's no way I could ever merit God's grace and mercy in my life. I needed too much. You see, if you could fix everything in your life today, God would not have had to send his son Jesus to die on the cross to extend the grace to you that he wants to extend so he can help you fix your life. We spend so much time trying to do something we cannot do, and that's fix ourselves. And especially when it comes to your soul. You may be able to figure out ways to physically get better in life. You may be able to figure out ways to emotionally even get better in life. But I'm telling you, there's no way to get spiritually better, no way to get your soul better, no way to get your soul man right, to get this soul in alignment with God. You've got to have the grace of God to do that. You have to experience God's grace. You can't be good enough. Coming to church is a part of it, but you can't come to church enough. You can't do enough good deeds in the community. That's part of it, but that's all outward manifestations of something that has happened in your soul. And for that soul to get right, you've got to have the grace of God interacting in your life on a regular basis. Amen? Grace, the unmerited favor of God. Let me give you some encouragement. Three areas I want you to see where grace can work in your life today. First of all, sufficient grace has been granted to you and to me for all of our yesterdays all of our yesterdays yeah and we all have them we all have stuff that wouldn't we love to go back and redo (laughs) doesn't work does it you can lay awake at night and regret it you can toss and turn And every day fret and say, boy, I wish I would have done different. Boy, I wish I would have handled that situation different. Boy, I wish I would have done different with my family. Boy, I wish I would have done different with my life. Boy, I just wish, I just wish, I just You can live your life regretting your yesterdays. Or you can bring your yesterdays to a God who has grace that is sufficient for all of your yesterdays. Isn't that amazing? It's the only place in this world, in our society, in our whole thought process of everything that we do. Coming to God is the only place where you find a chance to start over. Now, I didn't say all the consequences of your yesterdays would disappear because sometimes they don't. Some things we just, it is what it is and it always will be. However, how we handle it, how we approach it, how we live with it, and the peace that we can find about it can change when we give all of our yesterdays to God. Sufficient grace for all of your yesterdays. Romans 5.20 Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, in other words, where there was a bunch of sin, and that was me, grace did much more abound. (laughs) This grace thing shows up, and all of my big pile of sin from all of my life past, grace intervenes in it. That sin that had reigned in my life to death But then grace showed up and reigned to righteousness in my life that's taking me to eternal life in Christ Jesus. Wow, what a switch. Now you can't buy that at Walmart. (laughs) You can't get a cup of that at Starbucks. It's not tangible. It's not something you see. It's not in the physical. As a matter of fact, you can't even think your way to it in the mind. You have to experience it in your soul. The grace of God forgives all of your yesterdays. There's a lot of believers in this room. Some of you are pre-believers. You're coming. We know you're on a journey. We rejoice in that journey. But there's a lot of believers in this room today. How many of you who are believers now? I want to ask you just a simple question. It may take a little bit of thought for you to get this. How many of you who are believers today, how many of you were sinners, though, before you got saved? Any of you that were sinners before you got saved? Ah, uh, there's four. Yeah, okay. Some of you still struggling with that, aren't you? Admit it, you were. <laughs> there's none perfect. No, not one. We all were born into sin. Nobody here's better than anybody else. Some of us have just understood grace a little bit earlier on the journey than others, and that's why we are where. we Except for the grace of God, I'm that guy in prison today for a horrible, horrible thing that he did. That you know, I, except for the grace of God, my family is in shatters today. I, I, Anything good in my life is because God's grace intervened. Amen? So I want you to grab that today. All of our past, every one of us who stand here today and claim to be a believer, a Christian, it's not because we're so good. It's because His grace was enough for all of our yesterdays. And He took all of our sins away. Ephesians 1 and 6, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us acceptable in the beloved. (laughs) That's some good King James terminology. In other words, that's saying He made us a part of the family. He, we're acceptable. We, we are part of His family today. Why? Because of His grace. That's what we have redemption through His blood and forgiveness for sin according to the riches of His grace. Not the riches of my good deeds, but His grace. Ephesians 2, 4, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sin, he quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And he's raised us up together and has made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come we might show the exceeding riches of the grace of his, uh, of his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace you are saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Hallelujah. People say, well, one day, you know, if I can ever get all my life straight, I, I think I want to become a Christian. I think I want to be a believer. I think I really, I, I, I sense something. When I go to that upper room, man, I just like, I feel those little things, you know, and my hair kind of does this. And I'm like, there's something about it when they're raising them hallelujahs. And I'm like, yeah, I think there's something to do, but I just don't know if I'm ready because I got all this stuff I got to fix. You can't fix it, but grace can. So just quit trying to fix it. Bring it to God as it is. Give Him everything you've got. And let grace do a miraculous supernatural work in your life. Amen? Oh, come on. Give Jesus a big hand. <laughs> Amen. I, I don't need to reinforce this anymore, but just, I will. Titus 2, 11, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation. The grace of God that bringeth salvation. It said it's appeared to all men. In other words, available to every person teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly and, righteousness and godly in this present world because we're looking for the blessed hope of, our appearing, of the appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Let me, let, me, let me move a little bit faster here. Sufficient grace for all of your yesterdays. Here's the really good news. Some, somebody in this room needs to hear today. There's sufficient grace for your todays also. You got some stuff going on, baby. You're up against some big mountains. You're facing some big trials. You got some heavy load on you. Stuff's happening in your family. Stuff's happening at work. Stuff's happening around you. You're experiencing things you've never experienced before. You got some stuff going on in your life today. Let me tell you something grace is here for you today for whatever you're facing right now. Yeah. Because as I said a while ago, becoming a Christian, being a part of the church doesn't mean everything starts going perfect in your life. We all have our stuff. Sometimes we get a whole load of stuff at one time, don't we? <laughs> It just backs up and dumps a whole load of mess out on our life. And we have to try to deal with it and work our way through it. And it's like, why does it come like this? Well, it just does. It's just life, my friend. It rains on the just and the unjust. Everybody goes through stuff. But the good news is when you know God and when your soul is in a right healthy place in a right relationship with a loving God that knows your name and has grace for you, now you are in a place so he can help you with every situation day by day that you walk through in your life. You're no longer alone. (laughs) And it's more than just having a good friend to sit there and listen to you tell your problems to. You've got the God of this universe on your side. That's pretty amazing. Here's the way I like to say it. Grace is the delivery mechanism for all of God's blessings in our lives, not just our salvation. Obviously, we're saved by grace. But every other good thing that comes to us, grace is what brings it to our life. So for my todays, everything I need is going to come to me by the grace of God. I like to think of it like Amazon a little bit, or Walmart online orders. We now have to recycle more cardboard at our house in the last four or five years than we have all of our 30 something other years that we ever lived together. Uh, and and was, was we never lived together, we were married. <laughs> Back up, because I was in the ministry when we went. Happy to watch your terminology, all right? I was youth pastor when we met so we've always been married when we were in the same house and our whole years of marriage We now have so much cardboard to recycle why because they deliver everything to our front door Who would have ever believed who would have ever believed our paper towels come to our front door now? Dog food comes to our front door. We said at night. What do we need? Let's see. Well here here. It is Okay, it'll be here tomorrow It'll be here in 72 hours it's all delivered to us. And here comes that little truck, boom, 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 boom beating down our driveway. And they get out, and they deliver all this stuff. So you got FedEx, and you got UPS, and you got USPS for the most part, delivering. They're the delivery mechanisms. All you do is place your order, and here comes all this stuff. But there has to be that delivery mechanism to get it out of those giant warehouses, get it labeled, and get it sent to you. I, I want to suggest to you today that God has a giant warehouse in heaven that would make Amazon look like zero. (laughs) And everything that you need to help you today is in that giant warehouse of his storehouse in heaven. Whether it's peace, joy, healing, help, strength, financial intervention. I don't know what it is, and I don't know how he's going to do it, but I'm telling you. There's a truck called Grace that is backed up to the loading dock of Heaven's Storehouse this morning, and it knows your name, it's got your address, and he heard your prayer when you prayed it. And sometimes it may be that quick 24-hour delivery. You may wait a few weeks before it comes. I don't know. I can't always promise you rapid express shipping, (laughs) but I can tell you, if you'll trust God, His grace will bring to your life what you need and what he doesn't supply he'll give you grace to live without amen because that's the way he deals with his people amen hallelujah <clears throat> there's sufficient grace for all of your today's psalms 84:11. for the lord god is a sun and a shield the lord will give grace and glory and no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly he's got a warehouse full of good things And the truck of grace is backed up to the door to bring it to your life. If you'll keep your soul aligned with God, God is going to supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory. Again, Paul writing to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, For all things are for your sake, that the abundant grace might through thanksgiving of many rebound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. Now watch this. This is an interesting scripture. Verse 16, for which cause we faint not that though our outward man, that's our physical man, that though our outward man perish, yet the inward man, that's the soul that pastor has been teaching us about, is renewed day by day. How does God renew our soul? Through the grace that he sends to us daily. So our light affliction or the problems that we're going through here. They're just really for a moment, but they're working something greater in us that is going to be eternal and bring glory to God. While we look not then, and this is the important thing, here's what you got to do. you got to stop looking at the things you see and start looking at the things that aren't seen. Because the things that we see are just temporal. They're going to pass away. But the things we can't see are eternal. That's some of the greatest advice you'll ever get in your life is focus on your soul. Because what's going on out here in the temporal and the things you can see, it's all temporary. It will pass away. But your soul will live on somewhere forever. You see, there was a time when you were not, but there'll never be a time when you are not. From the time you were conceived, you became a living soul. And now you will be a living soul forever. 70, 80 years, 90 years maybe if you get a good long life in this body. And then in a glorified body in heaven or the only other alternative according to the scripture is a literal place called hell. And we don't preach a lot about that because we don't like to think about it because we think, well, everybody's doing pretty good. Well, it doesn't matter how everybody's doing on the outside. It's the in- man, inward man that will spend an eternity somewhere. That's why we need to pause in our busy, crazy lives that's so absorbed in the outward and take some time to say what's going on inside of me where I really live in my soul. And let the grace of God visit your life today because it's in your soul where you'll experience these wonderful blessings of God. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. Hallelujah. That you will always, having all sufficiency in all things, that you'll abound to every good work. The apostle says, hey, he's going to do it. He's just going to send you all the grace you need and you're going to abound in the things that he has for you to abound in. Hebrews 4 16 let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need that's how you place your order in prayer you come before the throne of God I'm not worthy to come before the throne of God I'm not worthy to come before the throne of God I have all my frailties but his grace invites me into his very throne room literally the Bible calls it the throne of grace He doesn't say the throne of power, although it is. The throne of authority, although it is. The throne of of destruction, and it could be. The throne of judgment, and it will be one day. But he says, for you today, you need to see it as the throne of grace. The unmerited favor of God says, you're not worthy to come, but I'm asking you to my very throne room today, tell me what's going on in your life. We call it prayer. That's just simply prayer where we enter into the presence of the Lord and present our daily need to Him and He responds in grace to our need for today. There's sufficient grace for your yesterdays. There's sufficient grace for all of your todays. I'm going to give you a little exercise before I move to my final point and close here in a moment. I'm going to give you a little exercise today. Now, you may want to be careful with this because your neighbors may call the cops or at least somebody to come help you. I heard an, a senior spokesman in our Network and Fellowship of Churches whose funeral I attended this last month he is now at home with the Lord dr. Vaudy Lambert but he preached a message on grace one time and he went to the scriptures that tell us where Zerubbabel in Zechariah chapter 4 verse number 7 had come back to the city to rebuild it and it was totally in shambles the temple was torn down the walls were torn down there was nothing but a pile of rubble there and the scripture says <laughs> that Zerubbabel, the the contractor that God had sent under the anointing of the Spirit to rebuild the city and the temple, that Zerubbabel just backed up and began to shout at that pile of rocks and rubble that had been torn down. All the demolished mess of the city. He just backed up and the Bible says he started shouting grace, grace unto it. Grace, grace to a pile of rocks. To a pile of rubble. God supernaturally empowered him and his mighty team to rebuild the city and the temple. You can read it all in the book of Zechariah. It's quite a story. I'm going to give you a little exercise today. Whatever it is that's eating your lunch, whatever the heavy load is you're carrying in your life, write it down on a piece of paper. If your neighbors aren't too close, go out in the yard this afternoon, either put it on a rock or Stick it to a tree with some bubble gum or something. And just back up at that thing and in the name of Jesus just start screaming grace at it. Grace grace to my problem, grace to my sickness, grace to the need in my family, grace to the division in my marriage, grace to the problem with my children, grace to the depression grace to the anxiety, grace to everything that I'm going through, grace, grace. now you might want to do that in your bedroom now that I think about it, just lay it right there on your bed and just begin to say grace, grace, you may do it in your living room, what? and you don't have to physically do it, but at least in your heart today, could you look at whatever the mountain is in front of you. Whatever the mountain is in front of you, Zerubbabel said, you mountain of rubble, you're going to become a plain because we're going to take all of these rocks and we're going to build them back up. And this whole big pile is going to be leveled and all the destruction is going to be gone. And there's a new day dawning. You got to believe that in your life and you got to speak the grace of God to your situation. And I challenge you to do it this afternoon. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Sufficient grace. For all of my yesterdays, for all of my todays, and of course you know i got to conclude here, for all of my tomorrows. Tomorrow's an uncertain thing. Tomorrow's an uncertain thing. We don't any know what our tomorrows hold. And if we let ourselves, especially in today's world, we will spend so much time worrying, fretting, and being anxious about a tomorrow that we have no control over whatsoever. We have no control over our tomorrows. We cannot change our past. We have to live right now. But let me just assure you of this, whatever the need is tomorrow, the same God whose grace came down and touched my past and forgave me of all my sins and gave me a chance to start over in him, The same God who's got a truck with grace written on the side of it. Every time you see a a, a FedEx or a UPS truck or USPS truck the next few days, just imagine in your spirit and your soul, see the word grace written on it. Amen? Not, not Not just the regular logo, see grace. Just that same God that's got a grace truck backed up to his storehouse today to bring me whatever I need to get me through today's situation and to help my soul to be strong. Whatever, that same God has got my tomorrows already taken care of. I said he's supernatural. He's already been to tomorrow. He's not locked in time and space like us. He, he knows tomorrow much better than we even know yesterday. He's already been to tomorrow. He's already got it all figured out, all worked out, and here we are losing sleep over it. <laughs> Why? Let's trust him. Let's trust him today. Sufficient grace for my yesterday, sufficient grace for today, and certainly sufficient grace for tomorrow. Because Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, But grow in grace. Wow. So this can get better as you go. It's a journey. It's an ongoing thing. Tomorrow's grace can be bigger than today's grace. So grow in your grace and in the knowledge of your Lord Jesus Christ. To him be glory and honor forever. Amen. And then James said it this way. I like this because I've exhausted so much of the grace of God in my life. I've exhausted so much of it already. I'm like, there's probably not any more for tomorrow. I used up so much on my yesterdays. And Lord knows I have to have it every day. Will there be enough for tomorrow? James said, don't worry. James 4, 6, but he giveth more grace. There's more grace coming. Wherefore he saith, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Just humble yourself and God will give you grace. You see, here's the conclusion of the whole thing. All that I am, I am because of the grace of God. You need to come to that realization today. Even if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, You are what you are today by the grace of God. You're not in the full place of recipientship where you should be to really understand his grace fully. But you wouldn't be alive today if he hadn't been gracious to you and me. I'm telling you today, it's the unmerited favor of God. Man, you know why you found that good girl and married her? God's. Gracious grace in your life. We're not even Christians. I don't care. He still give you something good, didn't he, ladies? You know how you found that good man. He's a good dad, isn't he? You're not even Christians yet, but you're already getting the blessings of God. Where'd those little precious babies come from? When I was up, uh, when I was mean, my mama'd say the buzzard laid me in the sun. The, a buzzard laid me in the sun, hatched me, but that's not true. I'm the express procreation of God. Those little babies in your life are part of the grace of God extended to you. The unmerited, you don't deserve them sweet young ones. It's part of His unmerited favor in your life. See, He's already been working and you haven't even given yourself fully to Him. Just think of all the good stuff He could do in and through you if you would let your soul align with Him in perfect manner through His grace and His mercy this morning. I encourage you to do it because... You're going to need him. You're going to need him at a greater level as you walk this journey. We all do. None of us are strong enough. None of us are big enough. None of us are wealthy enough. None of us are smart enough. There's going to come a time in your life where you're going to need God. And you need to understand how his grace works in your life. For all of your yesterdays, for all of your todays, all of your tomorrows, everything that we are, we are because of the grace of God. Don't be proud. Humble yourself. 1 Corinthians 15:10. but by the grace of God, I am what I am for his grace, which was bestowed upon me. It was not in vain. I am what I am because of the grace of God. Today, I want you to understand grace because not only is it referred to in the Old Testament and the New Testament a lot, the very last verse of the Bible The last thing God said he wanted to say to us in the canon of scriptures that is spirit-inspired, we believe, written by man, spirit-inspired, men of God who wrote what the Holy Spirit said for them to write, breathed of God his word. The last verse is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Sufficient grace today. I would suggest today that everybody in this room could apply something that I've said here today. That's kind of a big assumption for a preacher to make. But the simplicity of today's message says to me, everyone in this room can apply it somewhere in your life. I'm not going to try to find every person's niche today. You know what the Holy Spirit's spoken to you sitting here. See, some of you don't even realize that. Your soul has heard something today. Your physical man has heard something. You've been listening with your ear. But some of you have had a soulish experience in this room today. And you might not have even identified it. Because while I'm talking and saying what I've been saying, you've been hearing it with your ear. But something in here heard something. Somebody heard it today. You heard God say, I do know your name. Mm -mm -mm. I think somebody in this room, somebody in this room heard God say. I do know your name. I know I was saying it with my mouth, but somebody heard it deeper than with their ear. And you needed to know that today. You heard it with your soul. Your soul heard more than your ear and your mind heard today. Somebody in this room heard something about your past you just don't know what to do with it and you wish oh how you wish you could do something about it and change it and go back how you wish you could relive but you can't somebody heard something deep inside of them today that said give it to me (laughs) just give it to me somebody heard that today because you heard something in your soul you heard it deeper than with your ear somebody's got a big mountain of stuff in front of them right now they're dealing with and man you're just stressed to the max about it. You heard what I said about Zerubbabel and shouting grace had a little fun with that but in your spirit somewhere talking about those trucks coming however you received it something in your spirit today said God I'm going to reach out in faith and I'm going to trust you to take care of my need. Somebody in this room is anxious about their tomorrows. But you heard the Spirit say something to you today. <laughs> Deeper than what Tommy said. You heard the Spirit speak to your soul. The supernatural God through His supernatural Holy Spirit. Speaking to the, the supernatural part of you, if you would. The soul. And it said, I'm going to take care of your tomorrows. Today is your day to give it to God. Whether it's your past Your present or your future, I don't know, but God does. I'm going to ask everybody in this room to bow their heads. We're not going to embarrass anyone. We're not going to call anybody out here today. Everything you do from this moment forward in this service is total voluntary, okay? There's no pressure. But we're not going to ask you to become a member. If you want to do all that, that's all possible. Go to the connection table, find out about all that. But that's not not our point right here. I want to know what God's saying to you today. First of all, I want to ask in this room, how many of you here today, you say, I'm a believer, I'm a believer, I have a relationship with Jesus, but man, I got some stuff that I'm facing right now in my life and I need to just be assured today that God has got grace for me today for what I'm facing. Just raise your hands, all I want you to do. They're just all over this building this morning, I got stuff, I got stuff. <laughs> I need a delivery of grace. Maybe it's going to bring healing to your life. Maybe it's going to bring help. I don't know what it is, but you do because the Holy Spirit's already spoke to your spirit and said, trust me today and I'll change your world today. How many of you sitting in this room you're already a believer and you say I'm scared to death about something tomorrow. I'm fearful. I got stuff going on. I don't know what the future holds. There's some future stuff going on and I've got this anxiety and uncertainty about the future. Just slip your hand up. Say pray for me. There's several all over this building. People's got some uncertainty about the future. God wants you to leave here today at peace that he holds your tomorrows in his hand. Now I want to ask you how many of you in this room would say if you only knew me preacher? If you just knew everything in my past if you just knew everything and you may be joining us online today so this is all for you as well if you're joining us online you just participate with us right where you are but you may say preacher I got so much stuff in my past and I've never given my heart and life to Jesus. I've never, I've never become a true believer. I, I think, you know, I, I, maybe you believe there's a God. Maybe you even believe in Jesus. But you never gave your life to Jesus completely. And you've never asked him to come in and take all your yesterdays and to forgive you of your sins. We're not selling you religion today. We want to turn you on to a relationship with a living God that's birthed in grace. And he's about to make you one of his own and bring you into his family and wrap his loving arms around you. And you're going to feel the love of God in a measure you've never felt it before. I speak it to somebody in this room. They're about to feel love. They're about to feel love not from just me and you. They're going to get that too. But they're about to feel love from a God that made heaven and earth that knows their name. And you're here today and you say, I need to give my life to Jesus. I've got to have a change. I can't keep going. And the only thing I know to do with the mess I've made out of my life thus far is bring it to a God that's got grace for me and can help me. I'm not going to embarrass you. You don't have to stand up and tell us everything you've done. Thank God we don't have to do that. I just want to know you're here. Lift your hand and say, pray for me. I need to give my life to Jesus. Bless you, sir. God has your name today in the forefront of his mind. Bless you, ma'am. Jesus loves you. Other, just lift your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. I promise. I promise I won't embarrass you. I just want to give my life to Jesus. If you're toying with this now, I know it's a little bit tough sometimes and it may take you a little time to process this. Don't walk out of this room and not do anything about it. You can speak to some of the elders. You can speak to some of the greeters. You can speak to some of the prayer team. They can talk to you personally. You can contact this church through all of our various contact means and you can get people to help you walk this journey. If you're not ready today to say yes, you will be soon, I believe. And we love you and we want you to make this journey. And we want to help you make this journey. So you reach out and let some believers help you walk this journey today. So we're going to pray a couple of prayers. Right now I want everybody in this room to repeat repeat this prayer after me, okay? Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I can't change my past. But I want to change my future. I give my life to you. I repent of all my sins. I believe you are my Savior. And from this day forward, I desire to live for you. I'll need your help. I need your strength. But I give you my life. I give you the good. I give you the bad. I give you the ugly. It's all yours. Take my life. I want to be a believer. I want to serve you, Lord. I receive it. I believe it. In Jesus' name, amen.